everyone. Welcome back to another episode of FR Locked. We have another guest on here tonight. I'm sure that especially the racing scene uh, and people that race hammer and stuff have heard of this guy. Uh, he's been around for a while. It's, if you look at the title, you already know his name. This is Brandon Sloan, or known as the Sloaner Boner on uh, IG. And for those of us, or those of you guys that have listened to us before, you just know based off of his Instagram name that we all probably get along anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, Brandon, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, how did you get into wheeling? When did it start? Um, what was your first rig that really got you into it? Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on. Um, man, when I first got into wheeling, I was uh, probably like 14. And, um, you know, I didn't have any truck of my own or whatever. I would just go to my buddy's house and help him work on stuff. Um, and that kind of transitioned into going to like the hammers every now and then with my buddy Dean's uh, beat up piece of shit, wrinkled forerunner. And um, it kind of just, I had a lot of fun, you know, underage drinking was a blast with all my buddies. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just like uh, everyone out there was super, super awesome. So I got into it like that. And then, uh, yeah, when I turned about 15, 15 and a half, I got my driver's license and I bought my first truck, which I still have, the infamous Party Runner. Oh, yeah. I bought it Cherry, you know, uh, drove to Bakersfield without a license to get it. Oh yeah. Paid, paid three grand to get it and uh yeah, I mean it was beautiful when I got it. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. And then so that's basically the only rig that you've had then, right? Yeah, um I've had a couple, you know, here and there. Like I bought a pre runner, um, and I've had a Jeep at one point in time, but that was like a week a two a week or two of me okay. having it and I sold it. So been a Toyota guy for probably I mean, since I started off roading and all that stuff. Oh yeah. So what was the forerunner when you bought it? How was it set up? And then what was the progression of what it turned into? Obviously, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but uh, just to give a little interlude, Brandon Street drove this forerunner to King of the Hammers, raced, and then drove home. Uh, so that's where it basically currently is. And then, yeah. so where did it start? And then let's go through the progression. On yeah how it got there yeah definitely it started basically i mean uh had like a 33 inch tires on it just bones ac worked you know everything uh it was sr5 so all the bells and whistles worked on it and um yeah it progressed like very rapidly because of all my dumb friends and in, uh encouraging me you know <laughs> they uh they're like oh you need 37s dude you like you need to do that you need to you need a spool in the rear end so um it over over about two years in time, it just got progressed. It progressed as much as my unemployed, like side work type of thing uh, would allow it. And if I came across a deal, you know, I, I would buy like shitty tires. Like I had some freaking 37 inch X comp tires or something <laughs> like that. And then in the front, I had Nittos for a really long time. So I didn't have matching tires. And um, yeah, it progressed over the first year, I'd say, um, 37s. I put a dual transfer case in it, uh, lockers, like spool in the rear, lunchbox locker in the front. And then what did I do? I went to Hammers, uh, King, or I went to Johnson Valley, the Hammers, and um, I just drove up there by myself. And um, I was wanting to meet people that wheeled and interact with people that wheeled. So I literally drove into camps, like random people's camps. And I was just like, Hey, I'm Brandon. I got beer. Like, <laughs> can I hang out with you guys? Like, and that's, that's how I got started wheeling, um, with like all the guys out there. And that's how people know me essentially. 
And uh, yeah, one, that one trip, though, I was uh, driving into Hammertown in Johnson Valley and um, my sh- both of my shock hoops in the front fucking blew out because I didn't have the right, <laughs> the right shock set up. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't know how to weld, didn't know how to do anything. I was just like going, learning as I go type of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a blast, man. So that was the, uh, the start of the downhill spiral. As we like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went to, man, I went to TDS a couple of times and um, I got, I, uh, there's like some man-made obstacles on the playground or whatever in TDS. Yeah. And um, my dumbass friend, I drove it there. I drove it, I didn't have a trailer. I just drove it everywhere. I drove it there. My dumbass friend was like, man, you can make it up that freaking crazy notch area. The notches, I don't even know what it's called. And uh, I definitely tried it. And that's when I, what I, I broke both my front burr fields, broke my uh, rear diff, I think. I broke everything. I had to get yanked out of there. I, like, crushed the whole side of my door on my driver's side. And, um, yeah, that's when I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of a lot of fun, you know, like, really yep. intoxicated. And I was like, didn't really give a shit about anything at that point. So <laughs> I was like, this that, is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that's so that was the – was that the first damage you got on it? Yeah, that was actually the real first. Uh, I mean, like, I fucking backed into like a, a parking pool or whatever it's right. called. But yeah, like that was the first like trail damage, and it was like intense. And then that same same trip. So um, me, I always bring spare like a spare parts for everything because I break shit all the time. Yeah. And um, that that trip, I didn't bring any spare Burfields, but I had a spare diff. So I changed the rear diff, and I put I bought Burfields at TDS from uh, one of my good buddies. Now I didn't know him at the time, but bought Burfields off of Eric Salamander and um, continued to wheel. And uh, I ended up flopping it like one other time. I think there's a bunch of pictures and shit on the internet of it. It was, it was a lot of fun. And that's like what really started with the body damage and like the hardcore rock crawling type of thing. Oh yeah. And yeah. then so was, was a progression there? What, what, cause you've been to hammers a few times before you race, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was a, it's local to me. It's like, uh, about 40 miles to okay. two hammers and uh, I would go every other weekend you know as, as much as my time I, I essentially worked to go to hammers you know I would Makes work sense. I got a job at Yoda Masters and I would work and then I would uh, go play in the desert get drunk fuck up my shit and then come back to work and pay off my debt and buy some new stuff <laughs> yep so yeah. what when did you start working at Yoda Masters and how did you like get in there i i assume you kind of got in early yeah yeah um so i actually got in through that guy that i previously said with the wrinkled up forerunner dean um he recommended me to eric and i was a i was a what was i doing i was doing like plumbing or some shit i was like a commercial plumber and i I got a call from eric one day the owner of yoda masters and he was like hey man i need someone to to uh, answer phone calls and do shipping and stuff and i was like oh excellent like i hate plumbing i'm not a fucking plumber i'm i don't dig shit right. and um so yeah i started working there when i was i want to say i just turned 17 um yeah i want to say i was just turned 17 i started working there and uh yeah man i was fucking dealing with customers answering phones fucking up shipping um that's how <laughs> i that's i didn't even know like Besides plumbing and what I did to my forerunner, I didn't know how to work on anything. I never had any experience with anything. So that's where I started and progressed there. Um, soon came to realize that I was learning more in the shop than I was 
better at shipping stuff because I kept oh, on yeah. fucking up shipping stuff and I uh, got a little promotion into the shop and, you know, just really took it seriously and did a good job, kind of. <laughs> so how, so you, what year was it when you started at Yoda Masters? Shit. Uh, see, I'm 20, 25 now, so... 17 what is that 2018 something like that okay. i believe yeah so you started yoda master 2018 in the shipping department and yep. answering phone calls and stuff and then yeah. you moved out to the shop because i've got to paint a picture because i've been following you for a while and yeah seeing all your stuff so i'm trying to paint a picture for everyone that's listening so then you started in the shop because like you do something like at least what you can tell on the internet i've never ran your gear setups but they look <laughs> beautiful <laughs> hell yeah thank uh, you <laughs> so you started at Yoda Masters answering the phones and yep. then uh, obviously your skill set got good enough we were able to go move on to other companies. How, what was that transition from the phone, answering phones and shipping stuff to uh, then setting up gears like when you were uh, getting ready to leave TubeWorks and how, I, I know you did more than gears, transfer cases and then uh, yeah. I, if you guys haven't, Brandon's TikTok on rebuilding transfer cases is <laughs> hilarious. Uh, and I know you've done like full builds on like roll cages and link setups and stuff like that so yeah obviously from answering phones to where you are now there's a huge gap in there so go ahead and fill yeah that in. yeah definitely i mean it was um i i really hated I, well it's not that i hated but i just felt like i was better than talking on the phone with people you know and um i'm, I'm definitely a people person everyone knows me you know i'm definitely talk to everyone whoever i don't care and uh but it was just i i progressed so fast and I did, uh, I hardly fucked up. And when I did, like, it was really bad, you know, so <laughs> right. But I progressed so fast of working on stuff. And it was just kind of like a, like a natural thing to me. And it just, it worked out really well. And Eric gave me a huge opportunity by letting me work on some of the coolest Toyotas and build a lot of really awesome stuff. And um, yeah, it was just, it all came to me as if I was supposed to do it type of thing, you know? <laughs> nice. Kind of just uh, fell into your lap that way. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, with, uh, like, I'm self-taught with everything I've ever done, you know, aside from a couple of buddies helping me with setting up gears when I first started, but self-taught welder, self-taught fabricator, self-taught gear guy, you know, um, and it, it got to a point where I was like, all right, I can, uh, the reason why I left Yoda Masters is I got offered the job at TubeWorks and they, you know, promised so much pay and they're so busy and it was new and um inviting territory for me because i got to work with cnc machines and lays and got to set up some of the nicest diffs that are out there right now so i took that job and uh yeah i mean it was it was really cool working on their products for sure it was uh, really excellent and um i got to build literally some of the top name uh trophy truck diffs and underdrives and you know uh machine parts and i got to have a real good inside look on the actual machine side of the automotive racing world and um you know alongside that with all my background with uh desert racing i've been racing in the desert for about four years so kind of jived with each other and uh it just worked out i was able to just learn as much as like i've always wanted to just learn as much as i could that's basically what it is is i feel like if you don't learn something new every day then it's a waste of the day Oh, yeah. And especially in our in blue collar work, it's like, yeah. you have to, like, if you're not learning, you're going, if you're not learning, you're going backwards, like learning exactly. is improving. So no, I totally get that. Yeah. Uh, so did you have someone you were learning from at 
Yoda Masters, or did you just you just kind of read some shit online, started <laughs> trial and error? Um, yeah, the the um, what is it called? The shop foreman Dan. Uh, he definitely taught me quite a bit, and I, I'm not really a YouTube guy. Uh, I like to look up stuff. I'm like a very hands-on guy. If I yeah. look something up on YouTube, I typically just have to I have to take it apart for myself to know yep. what what it is and. Um, but I got, uh, like I said, Dan, he taught me a lot and, um, I just kind of got to a point there. Cause that was kind of like, um, you know, not, not entry level off road stuff, but it was like, I, I couldn't do custom fab there. I couldn't do the stuff that I was like passionate about doing. Right. Um, I was more of just like for pro- producing third members a lot and, um, you know, suspensions and stuff like that and i just felt like i wanted to do more i needed to learn more because yeah. my knowledge maxed out essentially working there right know? so you probably set up more toyota differentials than anyone i've ever seen on the internet <laughs> yeah uh, I've, done, I've done quite i've done probably uh i have a book um when i first started and it's one of those big thick yellow page books and it's full and man i'm i'm assuming i've done over a couple like a thousand fifteen hundred easy you know so, like, the most common Toyota disc probably an 8-inch, right? Yeah, 8-inch, 529 with a locker spool. All yeah. those cheap Toyota guys. <laughs> right. What is, uh, like, just off the top of your head, tips that could make that diff better than, obviously, what it is, especially for newer vehicles and shit like that that are so much heavier than what that diff was kind of designed for? Yeah, um, really, it just is a matter of setting up everything to spec, you know, not not half-assing anything. If you have questions, ask someone, or, you know, if you think that um, your pattern or whatever the, the case is can be improved, then ask someone or, you know, just try your best to do the, the best that that diff can handle because those diffs are kind of weak, essentially, right. you know, and, um, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of tricks and some top secret shit to make them work better, but I don't yep. really want to get into detail oh, about totally that. Oh, totally fine. <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> don't I, give I away build, your secrets. <laughs> yeah, I build, I build a bunch of, or I still currently build uh, portal buggy diffs, you know, like Cody Wagner, um, all the all those dudes, I build their diffs because they okay. uh, they use this uh, 8-inch center section because it's not as much stress and it's not as heavy um, as a 9-inch, essentially. Because you have the portal gears, it reduces the stress to the 8-inch, so you don't yep. really typically break stuff but um, not a ton of shock load on those either yeah i still i still try to build them to where um they don't really have issues ever and i don't i've I've had one issue with a portal buggy diff that i built a toyota one and it was because he didn't put oil in it so (laughs) blew blew it up you know yep (laughs) but i haven't and then i've gotten really great um all the the positive feedback from them i mean guys are going couple seasons and not having any issues and you know i build spares for a bunch of people just in case but um there's definitely special ways to set them up to get maximum potential out of them you know so if you want maximum potential out of your eight inch send it to brandon (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i i typically um out of respect for yoda masters i i don't take on a lot of toyota diffs you know that was kind of like the the big thing because i would i would pump them out for uh my boss and when I was leaving, I, I told him, I was like, I don't want to take your business like that, you know, because obviously people want to give me their Toyota stuff. Um, but it's not really, I don't know, it's, it's more it's more of like a respect thing. Like I said, it's like yeah. I, I, I don't want to step on his toes. We have a great relationship currently. And right. like there's a couple like the portal buggy discs, like I'll build those, like no problem. Right. You know, those are, they cost a little more. But um, as far as like 
just a standard Tacoma regear or whatever. I, I don't really mess with those. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that makes sense. That especially one, obviously, like you said, respecting the guy that helped you get a start in the industry. And the, exactly. You don't want to burn bridges in this industry either. It's way too small. So. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And yeah, I think we both have a mutual respect for each other and I don't want to, I definitely don't want to ruin because we're, we're, we've been friends uh, for, for a long time, you know, since I started working there and it's more of a friendship now, obviously, than like a, a business interaction. And I definitely don't want to ruin anything like that, you know? Right. That's cool. You, you don't hear that a lot, especially in 2023 now that <laughs> in that. Yeah, right. Uh, no, that's awesome. How, what was it like working <laughs> at uh, TubeWorks? Because like, obviously we, from the outside looking in, look at them as like a premier manufacturer. So obviously, like you said earlier, some of the top guys in desert racing, which are, you're talking, what, half terrible million herbs. Yeah, yeah. You know, ter- all the terrible herbs guys, all the Brenthal guys, um, handful of other dudes, you know, we uh, definitely built a lot of very expensive, very nice diffs on thousand horsepower trucks and some spec trophy trucks, you know, definitely added or did a lot of those. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Uh, the environment was definitely off from what I'm used to. Cause I'm like a, you know, fucking Blair music, fuck around with my coworkers type of dude. And yep. that was like a more serious pace. And, you know, um, it definitely, just in my shoes, it definitely got old being serious like that. Um, not talking anything bad about them. You know, everyone that works there is awesome. But um, I just didn't really see myself having a lot of fun versus, like, just working constantly. And right. I'm all about having fun if you're not, you know. I, I like having fun if you're working. I think that's yep. uh, healthy to do. But the environment was different. Um, working there was just like working pretty much anywhere else. You know, you just – make sure you get your work done and do it right. And um, it was definitely a, a step up to learn about how all of their diffs operate and all the machining of it. And, um, you know, even as far as like building underdrives, I've never really built an underdrive before there. And um, we got to build tons of underdrives there. So if you're not familiar with the underdrive, it's essentially a transfer case on a two wheel drive truck and it has different planetary gear sets to reduce the output of your transmission. So you don't have to change your ratio in the rear diff. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. So it's a two wheel drive transfer. It's just another gear option behind the transmission then. Yeah. And it's very simple. So like, um, in racing world, uh, you have qualifying and you have desert racing essentially. So qualifying, um, let's say you have a 411 in the rear end or whatever, and you're just a dog in a short course qualifying course. Um, and then when you go to the desert, you're 411, you're able to go 140 miles an hour or whatever. So this, the, the, uh, the underdrive is a planetary that reduces um, the gear reduction. So in qualifying, you'll put a higher ratio in to keep your uh, your third member the same ratio, but you put a higher one in and you'll be able to rip like you have a 529 gear set in it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. What was it like setting up diffs for these top name companies? Cause it's like, I know those diffs, I don't even want to know 
I have a nine inch. I have a nine inch in the back of my Toyota. I'm a nine inch guy. And yep. like, so like when I was building it, I was like drooling. Over it. I was like, I don't need that. Like it's on 38 and it has 240 horsepower to the crank. I'm not going to, yeah. what I put in there, I'm not going to break. I don't definitely don't need tube work shit, but like I still yeah. look at it. I was like, but it would be really cool to say yeah. that I have tube work stuff. Yeah. It's definitely very, uh, it's very pretty to look at. And, um, as far as setting it up, it's, completely different than any third member i've ever set up um you know the bearings taper the the opposite way of yep. normal um there's a bunch of oil passages and as far as but i mean sorry let me back up as as far as setting them up it was just a step to learn how they did it okay. and then once i learned how they did it how they perfected it then it was nothing you know it was just like a another diff but learning that was definitely interesting compared to like a standard dropout third uh, third member style differential or whatever it was a little bit different but it also opened up how i build stuff differently now you know because okay. um they they definitely told me a bunch of stuff that i had no idea about and um it definitely opened my eyes on how stuff should be built all the the hardness of the gears all the material and, uh, definitely helped me there a lot so so who makes the best gear set in your opinion um how much money what's your budget <laughs> okay so let's 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 ask this two ways what's the best gear set for like your everyday wheeler so like probably under 400 bucks and okay. then what's your best if you no budget option you're putting any gear set in something what is that gotcha all right i'll answer that a couple different ways um so typically, I really like Revolution gears for Toyota stuff. Um, I like Revolution a lot. They aren't like uh, Yukon. They're made in China. I think Revolution is made in Japan or something like that. And the, the production of them is near flawless. I've never had really any issues for Toyota stuff. When it gets into 9-inch stuff, like big boy parts, um, Motive Gear makes a very, very good gear. That's a good one. Um, yep. <laughs> but Motive, Motive Gear makes a good one. They are... I wouldn't say on the cheaper side, but they're like mid-class type of thing. Yeah, I think the my motive performance gears, which is like the orange and black box or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like just under four hundred bucks for the gear set. So yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't horrible. Yep, and that's and that's another thing. It's all about price, how much money you got, type thing. So those, that's a nine-inch standard gear, about four hundred bucks. You move up to a ten-inch trophy truck ring and pinion for motive. That's about fourteen hundred bucks for ring yeah. and pinion. And then the top of the line gears out there are X Trax gears, and they are a whopping six thousand dollars for a ring and pinion set. What material are they made out of? I have no idea, honestly. Uh, they they Pure make parts. Gold. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> they make their uh, X Trax makes parts for drivetrains of F1 cars and stuff like that, and they're just branching out into the um, off-road scene type of thing. So. Okay. Yeah, six grand though, and I was I was amazed when I saw that, and I, I built a few of them, and you know, total package deal, you're looking at almost ten grand, twelve grand for a third member, and I'm like, oh. the spool in it. Yeah, I am so <laughs> poor. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. Yeah. So are those? Do they set up super nice? Like, yeah, can they you definitely tell a difference. Oh yeah, uh, as far as longevity, I mean, people are getting full seasons out of them when opposed to motive gear, we time them out roughly three to four races, depending on heat okay. uh, patterns on them. Um, and they extracts, they, if anything fails or anything goes wrong, they, it's so expensive. Obviously they take it, they ship it back to their factory and um, 
they do tests on it. They see what the problem is. You know, they, they try to con- come to a conclusion about what actually happened and they try to improve it all the time. Um, so that's awesome about them. And they are fairly simple to set up. They have literally uh, an instruction instruction sheet that comes with it. And it says, you need to have your pattern like this and everyone differs and the pattern um, it looks a little deep, uh, deep on the drive side, but it, uh, that's how they want it done. So, you know, you got, I do it always to that and then see what happens, you know, that seems to kind of be a standard from guys that I've heard that especially set up gears either for drag racing or off-road use. It's like everyone likes to set up on the deep side. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And it, it, I mean, it it varies. There's so much variance in it. Um, I definitely like it's set up a little deeper, obviously than shallow when it's, uh, driving on the actual drive side. And then when you're like running a high, uh, Sorry, not a high opinion, but something upside down. Like a lot of people run weird stuff, like lows upside down. If it's driving on the coast side, I like them set up just a little more deeper than on the drive side. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, it's just, it's all trial and error type of stuff, but I don't really have issues with the stuff that I set up. And I've tried stuff that I've fucked up on that, to make it better. And I mean, it's all just learning experience and trying to make yep. them better, you know? Yeah, it's one of those things that, like, gears are kind of magic. And it's like, yeah, you can, I mean, you can, like, Freddy Krueger gears together and it'll probably drive you <laughs> down the street. But, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, what, when you're setting up gears for these trophy truck teams, obviously, I'm sure there's stuff that you can't talk about, but, or that they don't want you to talk about anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're all running, uh, I assume, 10 inch gear sets, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much wide across the board, even in like 1400 trucks, 1600 trucks, all 10 inch, um, 10 inch gear sets. You know, there's not really any nine inch gear sets that um, people are running right now that are like advantage or any type like that. Right. Um, yeah. 10 inch gear set. I've, I've, uh, I know that people are stepping up to like a 10 and a half, like the Mason. Uh, third members are based off of like a 10 and a half style. Um, But yeah, I mean, everyone just runs typically uh, 10 inch, 411, and then whatever they do with the underdrive is a secret sauce. Yeah. And then those are all like four inch bearing, damn near four inch bearings too, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Trophy truck case, uh, four inch bearings. And yeah, it it costs a lot to service those things, believe it or not. I can't even imagine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You're, I mean, I have. Uh, I have four 10 inch uh, nine, or 10 inch third members here. And um, you know, that's uh, about $4,000 just to service them. <laughs> yeah. I can't even, like, I don't even want to think about what the bearings like alone cost for it. Yeah. They're, they're about <laughs> uh, what are they, like 130 bucks a pop, a pop or something like that, you know, versus like $40 for like yeah, a three yeah. and a quarter for an eight inch or yeah, nine so inch. I mean, <laughs> basically, basically like the carrier bearings for a, a nine inch a third member with a 10 inch gear is the amount of a whole Toyota third member gear set and yeah. <laughs> bearings put together. <laughs> that's so gnarly. Yeah. That's sick. So now, uh, you're not working at, uh, two works anymore. You're doing your own nope. thing. Yeah. Yep. It's been a long time. I've been, uh, since I raced KOH, I've been, uh, I raced KOH in 21 and I was like, man, I really would like to do my own thing. You know, it took so much time off of work and I was like, what if I was just my own boss? I could take off time whenever I want type of thing. And, um, yeah, I was working at two works was indefinitely a, a stepping stone that I knew was going to happen. I didn't plan on staying there forever. And I'm pretty sure everyone there knew and, you know, um, it worked out 
uh, that they didn't have enough work and they just laid me off and I was like well it's time you know it's now or never I've wanted to do this for a couple of years now and I did it you know <laughs> so you're only a few weeks in right to doing your own thing yeah so uh what is it january 5th i got laid off in late december like a week before christmas also so, that's kind of shitty too yeah no, no hard feelings against two works i guess but like that's yeah shitty. It, it definitely was very uh unexpected at, to, at that point in time you know right. that that happened but um yeah i'm only not even a month in you know and uh Luckily, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've done side work pretty much for years now. You know, just on the side doing uh, shocks or transfer cases, gears or small fab work, and then um, now it's like okay, all the guys that I told no because I didn't have time, I could say yes, and I'm able to uh, go through with moving a lot more obviously because I have all the time in the world to do it now. Yep. So it's not working. Uh, I used to work four tens all the time and, or, you know, Monday through Thursday, 10 hour days. And I was like, this is the best shit ever, dude. I can't imagine not working four tens. And now I work literally every day, every week for 12 hours at yep. the minimum. And I'm like, man, <laughs> <laughs> yep. but hey, I yeah, mean, people always say that you want to start your own thing. So you don't ever have to work anymore. And then oh, you no. end up working 24 seven. Exa- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it gets down to the point to where like, um, I'm, I wake up at like five every day and I work as much as I can until I get yelled at by the old lady um, to come in. And then it's, I got to do estimates till 10 or 11 o'clock, hang out with my kids. And yeah, it's just a, it's a whole ordeal, but I love it. I mean, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. It's way, way better than working for someone else in my opinion. And um, I mean, I, I don't want to fail. I'm not going to fail. So it's just a matter of putting in the hours and doing it, you know? Oh, hell yeah. So besides Toyota discs, you're doing, obviously, discs, transfer cases, yeah, uh, fab work. Talk a little bit more about what you do, because a lot of, I know, I've, I don't know how many times, like, Dean, uh, my buddy John Graham, a bunch of these guys, like, I'll interview guys down from California, and yeah. they're like, That's my, I know that guy, I've known him, so we have a <laughs> lot of listeners, actually, I looked at it the other day, I think it's like, 65% of our listeners are actually in Southern California. Yeah, that's we're, funny. Because we're up, I'm up in Washington. Steven's down in California. Kyle's in Idaho. So, like, we're spread out. It's like the majority of everyone is in yeah. uh, Southern California. So, for people that may want to reach out and get some work done, talk a little bit more about yeah. what you're doing, what your scheduling's like. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, right now, I, I – uh, man, what do I even say? <laughs> I do so I do a lot so everything right <laughs> yeah I, I mean everything I I won't change your freaking oil on your Tacoma you know I won't do that shit right. um but I do specialty fab work I, I build uh you know ca- roll cages interior roll cages bed cages uh, I build a lot of suspension so trailing arms to leaf springs I've done a couple cantilevers um man I build a lot of shocks too I revalve them I rebuild them service your shit because Literally, I deal with so many messed up shocks. It'd be so much easier if you just sent them every year or every other year. Um, I do a lot like transfer cases, you know, um, build a lot of gears, I'm a gearhead. And um, I've been doing that for years and years and years. So I'm good at that. Um, but yeah, so are you mainly- cool with people out of state or maybe not from your area shipping you either 
gear setups or shock setups oh, yeah. and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I have I have people ship that like those uh four third members I was talking about earlier. I got uh, that guy lives in like Nevada or some shit like that, nice. you know? Yeah, uh yeah, ship me your stuff and you know, as long as you pay for shipping on the way back, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh so if you guys are trying to get in touch with Brandon, uh like I said earlier, the Sloaner Boner on Instagram, and then you have another account uh for your business stuff are you doing yeah. stuff through that yep yeah i'm doing um uh, i'm doing a lot more through that right now than i am through my personal account just okay. because it's easier to keep track of stuff because i talk to so many people a day on my personal account um yeah. so yeah if you want to get a hold of me uh my instagram is sloan motorsports usa that's a business instagram and um yeah shoot me an email or whatever you know whatever's easiest to do even call me on the phone but um i'm not really good at talking on the phone and i don't like being broken away for that long so yep. <laughs> maybe yeah. shoot me an email <laughs> and those are both of those links for both of his uh profiles are going to be uh below in the uh show notes so if you got it obviously easier than typing on instagram you can look them up there uh oh, yeah. dude that's awesome uh one of my favorite one of my favorite things um and basically I, kind of the reason i started following you on instagram uh was you driving to hammer street driving to hammers racing and then street driving back so like why why? (laughs) let me preface this i'm i'm a big trailer for boats guys yeah yeah uh like i love street driven stuff i love breaking the shit out of it on the trail and fixing it to drive it home yeah i don't i've replaced my own before I went to the nine inch when I was blowing up eight inches left and right yep. on the side of the road in an ORV park to drive it home. So I oh, feel yeah. it yep. not in a million years. Am I driving to, I live further away, obviously, but I'm yeah. definitely not driving to Johnson Valley, California to race and then turn around and hope I can drive it home. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was no really rhyme or reason why I did that. It was just, um, I built my roll cage and I was like, man, I'll start. Let me just back up a little bit. I started getting into, like desert racing and stuff. Um, I've been into building like race cars for, I don't know, maybe four years now or something. So started getting into desert racing though. And that's a lot of fun. You know, going 110, 120 through the whoops is definitely cooler than rock crawling. And I had a rock crawler. So I was like, Oh man, I, I should just race KOH. And I built my cage, uh, race legal, you know, that was I didn't, for no purpose at all. I just did it. And, um, when, man well i was at my buddy's house uh justin bodowitz and he was like we were just talking about bullshitting about king of the hammers and he said i should race and i was like yeah that'd be funny and then uh on the way home i was driving my forerunner and i was like i should fucking like why not like why i should just do it why not every you know it's uh it's not gonna be that hard and um yeah then it was the i started building my truck in its final version that everyone's seen the bed cage and everything because my uh my roll cage was legit but it didn't tie into anything for the bed cage so basically just lopped everything off from the cab back and tubed it um that was a very interesting process because i created more work for myself than was needed (laughs) as always and um i had man i started building my truck maybe six months before king the hammers and uh, my son was born that same year my first son and uh yeah i just i put so much work on my plate as far as i worked uh you know 40 hour jobs at, or 40 hour weeks at yoda masters and then every night till two three in the morning i was working on my truck trying to get it ready and 
it was just it was chaotic and i was so invested in it or i spent like 15 grand on that truck and ready for koh and uh had sponsors you know lined up um like laser nut yoda masters yukon raceline uh bfg hooked me up so i couldn't really back out it was not like a oh yeah. next year or whatever yeah, you know yeah. and um yeah, so I just did it, and the the reason why I drove it there and wanted to race and drive home is because no one's done it, and I don't own a trailer. <laughs> yep, that was the the main factors right there. And I mean, shit, I've I've done a wheel, I've been up there and wheeled all of the trails that we race in a weekend, no problem. So right. I was like, why can't we? I just do it at speed and do a couple desert miles wh- while we're at it. Um, yeah, it was definitely one of the most fun experiences that I've had the whole process of it going up there being stressed out. Then, uh, what did I do? So I built, um, I built my truck drove, I was getting ready to drive it to Hammertown for tech inspection. And I literally left the day of my tech inspection because that's how late I was. Like I was, I I, I, I put my freaking bump stops on the same day that I was supposed to be at tech. What class did you end up racing again? 4,500, which is okay. bullshit because I, when I, so when I did my roll cage the first time, I cut the front of my frame off because my frame was broken and I redid the whole structure. And uh, 4,600, which is stock, you have to have full stru- uh, frame structure, no, okay. nothing modified. So mine it was a leaf sprung 4,500 class, which is kind of bullshit because everyone else is linked. They, you know, you can run links, uh, coilovers and bypasses and, uh, the I think the rules are just needs to be three linked in the front and it needs to be axle mounted in the rear, so no trailing arms. So I was racing up against dudes that were definitely way faster than me. I remember you not racing forty six hundred, but I wasn't entirely sure why. But that yeah, that makes sense now. That's the reason. And uh, I mean, obviously, if I could do it again, I would give myself four extra months and money to link it and you know yep. do a bunch of cool shit. But whatever it is, what it is. Um, but my, my goal wasn't to like fucking win, obviously. If you go in and think you're going to win King of the Hammers, you're going to break in the first lap. Um, right, goal to I wanted, finish. I wanted to finish, and that was a huge, huge deal for me just to finish it and then drive it home, which I didn't get to finish it, which sucked, but still drove it home, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a win in itself. But I mean, yeah. But how, so how is the truck set up with this? It's still on Toyota axles, right? Right now? Yeah. It's hovercraft. It's just a chassis. Okay. okay. Yeah. How was it set up for hammering? <laughs> oh, I guess? oh, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, yeah. So it was set up uh, rock assault trail gear, rock assault axles, front and rear, uh, leaf springs with bypasses tuned pretty nice. Um, a seven thousand dollar twenty two re that blew up. Nice. And, and yeah, I mean, it was essentially just my trail rig, you know, just with numbers on it. Um, I always likes going real fast as fast as that truck could go through the desert so my shocks were tuned pretty well and uh oh i had to go down to 37 inch tires which kind of sucks i was used to 40s but right. you know it wasn't anything <clears throat> like it wasn't anything different than how uh it was when i used to wheel it every weekend you know lee right. springs front and rear yeah so it's toyota front and rear lee springs bypasses Bi- yeah triple bypasses uh and then I assume like W series and then dual cases. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's a W fifty six trans uh, and dual cases with four seven to one. You know, just all the typical Toyota Same. shit. Yep. Yeah. And then a real expensive twenty two 
RE. Yeah, real, real fucking expensive 22 RE. I mean, it was fully built. Um, big compression. Big compression. Had to run race gas. Um, the only thing that my issue that I, the reason I blew it up is my fault is because I didn't have, uh, what did I, I used too small of a fuel line. I used Dash 4 fuel line and I had a big pump on it, a uh, fuel pump. Mm-hmm. So it was um, it was vapor locking the fuel pump because it couldn't produce enough fuel because the line was so small, and I ran it lean for the first break in period, which is my hundred miles to Hammertown. I ran it lean, and then um, I I fucked up the pistons, the piston rings, and uh, yeah, it was all completely my fault. Not the engine builder at all, but definitely a kick in the nuts you know <laughs> was uh was that efi on that truck yeah efi okay. um yeah standard i i put what did i put i put like uh i think freaking i put some different injectors in there too i don't remember what it was but there were like some high dollar fancy injectors and my computer barely was able to keep up with what my engine was outcoming so i was a uh, like sometimes i would be like stuttering a little bit in it but I mean, when it was on the gas, it fucking ripped. I was going, I I think, yeah, I was going like for a four cylinder. I was going like ninety through the lake bed, you know, during race day, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like that's fucking fast for a four cylinder. Yeah, and, and those trucks are like they're not. I mean, they're not heavy, but they're not light either. Yeah, <laughs> my my truck, uh, my truck was. I at Tech, you have to weigh it. it has to be under forty four hundred pounds for inch and three quarter tubing. And my truck was like forty three forty or something like that. Okay. So yeah, barely, barely, barely made it. <laughs> barely made it. I like that. Yeah, yeah. That was spare tire off, empty uh, fuel cell, empty bag. You know, all the all the tools were gone. It was just basically the truck able to drive. <laughs> Can you still put the top on it? Not right now. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I wanted to. Yeah, because I'm like when. I remember when I first saw, like, you went to Hammers and stuff, I was like, that's a sick pickup. And then I was like, oh, that's a, f- that was a Forerunner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my, my, uh, my goal was to fab something up to where I could put the shell back on it. But now, uh, I got tired of breaking Toyota stuff. So I stripped the engine, stripped the axles. Every, it's, it's just a chassis right now. Um, yeah. and I'm getting ready to cut the front of it off and What's redo all the. Oh man. If you want to talk about it, (laughs) what's your dreams? I should say. (laughs) Um, so I really like, like I mentioned earlier, I like going fast now. Um, so I have an LS engine that's built up a little bit, nothing crazy, just cams and heads and stuff. Um, and then I have a center mount kit for it that I'll be putting on in the next center mount. Uh, what was that? Nine inch center mount. Uh, just like a you know a trophy like a trophy truck center mount in the front. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, Pinched IFS or whatever. Is that yeah. Like exactly. IFS? Yep. So it'll be like a mid engine with twenty six inches of travel in the front, trailing arms in the rear. I'm gonna make that a desert truck, and okay. then um, maybe I'll do a cab swap on it too because it's all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like going fast, and it's so much cheaper than uh, I like racing a lot, and it's way cheaper than going to king like king of the hammers is two thousand dollars to race it you go to a more you go to a more race that's local to me as well in the desert and it's 300 bucks or whatever and i have a lot of a lot more fun racing those cheap shitty races than these big extravagant races you know so um that's my goal with the forerunner and in the meantime um hopefully i'll have time to build you know a little 
I would like to build a chassis of my own and then okay. make it a, a buggy type of yeah, thing. I don't yeah. want a, a full-size rig anymore. That shit gets annoying trying to keep track of windows and mirrors and stuff. Yep. Yeah, and if you want to keep it, you know, at least somewhat clean, like I'm pretty anti-body damage. Yeah. And if you want to keep stuff, you know, mediocrely clean, wheeling something full body, especially once you go, once, especially once you're solid axle. In yeah. The front, and if you're like linked and pulling big travel numbers with like yeah. one ton forties or forty twos, like you're just riding off the body at that point. Like. Exactly. And like dude, I can't even tell you. I mean like uh I I don't know if you guys know I have a an episode on Terra Crew. They did my forerunner back before I uh transformed it into the Ultra Four, what it is now, whatever. And I literally my fucking door like fell off. Like I was on I was going <laughs> down a wrecking ball and I slammed a door and it broke the broke the uh the hinges for the door and my door literally like fell off like i was like oh what the <laughs> hell so on the terry crew episode i got like reverse lambo doors like they literally it opens over the rock sliders and just falls to the floor <laughs> <laughs> and i can't i can't even tell you like i uh i was super against painting my truck or wrapping my truck forever because i love the tan and then yep. uh i fucked up the the door my driver's side door so bad my original set that it peeled back the pinch welds and the door was just <laughs> flopping in the wind so i was driving home from cougar butte or something and uh, my door was just whoop, 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 freaking flapping on itself and i was like oh this is the worst so i had to source a new door and that was a pain in the ass that color match i had right. to drive like freaking three hours away to get it i got two sets and uh some windows and shit but um and then first trip out Fucking break the window, like just smash it, break the windshield, break my freaking uh, with my front windscreen, and oh, dude, I was so pissed. I was like, you gotta be shitting me right now, <laughs> right? So I'm over that stuff. I'm definitely ready for some some tube uh, tube action. And if I yep. roll it, oh man, I gotta replace some aluminum body panels. Fuck whatever, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, lean, lean it on a tube and crawl it. Like doesn't yeah. matter at that point. Yeah, instead of leaning my whole side of my truck on a rock and then just hearing that atrocious freaking. <laughs> going yep. through it <laughs> oh yeah that the livery you had on it was like one of my favorites like that like, thanks man throwback livery whatever you want to call it like, yeah like 80s yeah it was sick. yeah that's that's like I, I was so stoked when um i got the idea from it was, i think it was like a fucking 82 uh corolla or something like that i found it on the internet and okay um someone revised it for me and they put it like put it up against my truck on a rendering and I was like, oh, dude, that would be fucking <laughs> dope. So, yeah, I did it. And then uh, it's still on my truck right now. It's like one of my favorite things about my truck currently, besides my pink fuzzy dice. And, um, right. yeah, I mean, I don't want to cab swap it because that wrap was like $3,000. And, <laughs> yep. and um, you know, I got to rebuy it. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with it. I don't really oh, give yeah. a shit about how it looks because it's looked like that forever, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, it's sick. Like, the whole like, – and, it, like, I – everyone that's listening you gotta look him up on instagram because like the work the whole thing like the back half is retarded like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was, like, like like i said like i i created so much extra work for myself by doing that back half that way because i could have just fucking been like oh i need a c pillar straight to the frame freaking right. done you know but no i i put hydraulic struts for a trunk apartment you know fuel cell amount just went extra but i also planned ahead because i knew i was going to link it so i made it to where all i have to do is cut the frame off and throw more tubes on the bottom section i don't have to touch the top of it when i do trailing arms so that's the plan with that there was some there was some thought that went into it but 
a lot of late nights, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel that. That's yeah. sick, man. I don't know if there's anything else you want to touch on when I got you on here. Um, not really. Just uh, I appreciate you in the time uh, you took having me on. Uh, yeah, if you guys are interested and in having some work done, let me know. Uh, my Instagram is the Sloaner Boner, like I said a million times. And uh, yeah, looking forward to starting this journey of working for myself, you know. Yeah, man. Well, good luck uh, starting your own thing. That's going to be sick. Obviously, it seems to be working out for you so far already. Yeah, uh, yeah. Appreciate that. So everyone's swamping with work because obviously being busy is a good problem to have. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a very good problem. <laughs> uh, and yeah, man, we look forward to seeing, you know, the uh, Forerunner pinch mounted. Yeah. <laughs> arm. That's going to be yep. sick. And then, yeah, it'll be a lot okay. of fun. Oh yeah, dude. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate your time. I know that yeah. obviously you're very busy. And yeah, uh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Hell yeah. All right, let me stop.